You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detail along with Charlie Long in studio. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, does a great job covering the Saints uh, for New Orleans dot football. Nick Underhill, Nick, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Nick. Uh, I was telling this to Charlie and also some of the callers we had before. The impression of Derek Carr away from New Orleans is totally different than in the city. Uh, man, over the last couple of days, it'd be a split decision. We might have to go into overtime uh, because it's sort of split in half. <laughs> but I, I did six shows today, and every one of them, and a couple of them former NFL players, they were like, this is a great deal for the Saints. You upgraded the position at quarterback. You didn't break the bank. It's really, to be honest, a two-year deal, and then see what happens in year three. And you got better at the quarterback spot, the most crucial position on the field. And every day it looks as though they losing one in the NFC. I, I'm going to put this, I don't know, as delicately as possible, but I, I just think people aren't being realistic maybe about the situation. And, you know, you look at the Jets. Like, they're competing with the Jets for Derek Carr. And I think the Jets will probably end up getting Aaron Rodgers. So they'll come out of this probably, probably perfectly fine. But, they're competing with the Jets for this guy, and the Jets have picked twice in the top five in the last, I don't know, five, ten years. They, they traded up once to get Sam Darnold. Um, the last good quarterback the Jets had was Mark Sanchez. Like, when you don't have a quarterback, you can end up in a, in a really, really bad situation. And I say good on Mark Sanchez extremely loosely. Like, they won some games <laughs> yeah. with him. But, yeah, you but, stretched it a little bit. Sanchez. That's fine. A little That's bit. fine. A little That's, bit. Fine. <laughs> That's fine to stretch. But, but, uh, I mean, they've, they've been in quarterback hell for a really, really long time, and it's an easy place to get stuck. And, and there's kind of this thought of, like, oh, well, they should have gotten bad on purpose and had a top-five pick. But picking in the top five isn't a sure thing either. You could draft Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Like, I, I did a study on it recently. Yeah. And going back 10 years, teams I drafted in the top five, 75% of them didn't make the playoffs in the That's... next five seasons. So. I mean, it's just it's. There's no ticket out of this. I, I think your best ticket when you don't have a quarterback is whatever road's available, and you get on it. And I like Derek Carr. I, I don't think he's a savior. I, I think he's someone though that that raises the floor significantly uh, on how bad things can be. And I think when everything's perfect around him, you, you can win a lot of games. But um, you know, the one thing is when you don't have a quarterback decisions, and it's like, yeah, you you might win five games, but you don't have a quarterback, so you have to draft a quarterback. But you'd rather be in the situation where say. You're the Chiefs, and you have Alex Smith, and you're winning 12 games a season, and you see Patrick Mahomes, and you trade up because you love him, whereas you're the Patriots, Tom Brady retires, you don't have a quarterback, Mac Jones has fallen, and you trade up out of obligation. And I think the Saints now, they got a quarterback, they don't have a hole there, they don't have a problem. And, you know, two years from now, if, if that guy's sitting there at 10, maybe they go up and get him 
And it's because they want to. It's not because they have to. Nick, one of the things, I went a little bit longer than you. I went 15 years, first-round pick quarterbacks, 31% became starters. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about, well, I want one in the draft. But put yourself in the position. And they may still draft one, okay? That's nothing wrong with that part. But my thing is put yourself in the position of Dennis Allen. And you're going to put all your eggs in the basket of a rookie quarterback? They're not going to give you any more time. Uh, you know, you got to get an experienced guy in here now. Now, there are other holes to fill, I think, up front along the offensive line. Uh, defensive tackle is a, a huge hole. Um, we'll see what happens with Jawan Johnson, and that's what I wanted to ask you about because uh, I've talked to a few people in the agent business and also uh, kind of director of player personnel, and they tell me, hey, quietly, Jawan Johnson might get a little bit more money than you might think. Uh, out in this market, despite the fact that it's a heavy load at tight end. The best. I've done this 36 years now. I've never seen this much quality and quantity at tight end coming out of the college ranks. But Juwan, I think, is going to get more money than people might think out in the open market. Yeah, I, I checked in on that situation today. I, I do think something will get done and, and he'll end up sticking around here. So I, I, I think they'll be all right there. But look, I, I do think that's a position, though, where they can continue to add. I, I think Adam Chapman's been not quite what they thought as a pass catcher. And, um, you know, I think that's something that, that they would like to add to that position. And you got a quarterback now that, that has had, you know, just looking at his, his pros and cons, I think at the top of the list on, on Derek Carr's cons, one would be interior pressure. He gets rattled with it a little yep. bit in, in the red zone. He hasn't been great in the red zone. So if you can do some things to make life easier for him with, with more big body guys, if you have two tight ends that, that can – catch passes down there or you know it could be a possession receiver too uh but one way or another like they, they need to add someone to that mix it in tight end is something that I, I think they have their their eyes open to a little bit and i think we're going to see the idea of Taysom hill as a tight end maybe fall back a little bit and maybe more out of the backfield i think they kind of have more of a clear vision of, of how to use him you know more as a, a runner stopping the ball to him I, I don't know that uh long term that's tight end is necessarily what they're looking at anymore, like as far as going out, running routes, catching passes. I'll do some of it, but I, I think they've cooled on that idea a little bit from last year. So um, I do think they'll figure that out with Juwan, though. So um, it, it seems it seems positive. It seems like like they want to figure it out. It seems like he, he would like to stay here. And another thing with getting Carr, Nick, is that being, you know, you used the term realistic earlier. It's realistic to say that Derek Carr, there's a wide gap between him and the rest of the current quarterbacks in the NFC South. You were talking about like the the gambling of trying to take a quarterback in the first round. Is that what Tampa Bay is doing? Because or, or do you think they'll end up making a move? Because it seems like they're getting rid of a lot of veterans. They might be trying to tank this upcoming season and try and get one of those top draft picks to get that quarterback. I think they're trying to get Bobby's guy from USC, Caleb Williams, next year. Right, but I mean, what do you see from the rest of the uh, the division? Do you think that they're going to stay stagnant with Sam Darnold and uh, Desmond Ritter? And Kyle Trask? Hey, no or, way. No do you, way. Do you think? Do you anticipate other quarterbacks joining the division after the Saints made that move? Yeah, there's uh, there's some strong rumors out there about uh, Carolina trying to get up to number three uh, with Arizona. So maybe maybe they go there and get their quarterback there. I think there's a lot of competition, though, on people trying to move up. The Raiders are another one that, that there's been some talk about them trying to move up, too. So but I, Carolina's definitely making calls and, and trying to see what they can do. I think Tampa is kind of – trying to tank a little bit. They're taking on that money uh, from Brady. It, it, it doesn't seem like they're they're moving their debts around too much. So I think they're, they're going to try to do 
and look, it's going to get away from them quick because the Saints got better. And if Carolina gets a, a quarterback that can start, I mean, I, I think they'll be pretty decent too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Tampa thought that they could reset a little bit and remain competitive at the same time, but I, I don't know if they're going to be able to burn that candle um, from both ends. But I mean, look, the tanking thing is, is it's tough to be the worst team in the league. Houston tanked two years in a row and they, they accidentally won a game. I mean, it's just, you, you know, I think the, the disconnect is, is, is it's something, you know, us on the outside, we say, oh, well, they should lose on purpose. They should do this. But, like, you can't tell the players that because nope. they're putting out film and that's their resume. Like, if they're not trying, then they're not getting paid anymore. And they don't want to be on your team when you're trying to lose games. They're trying to get out of there and, and get to a better situation. So you got to give an honest effort. Coaches got to give an honest effort to get their next job. So it's just something that's it's just, it's just hard to be the worst team in the NFL. Like, remember when – Tampa, like, they, they had to pull their starters at the end of that season when they wanted Jameis playing the Yeah, like, I remember they, that. They, <laughs> they, all of a sudden you look up and, like, everybody's gone. Like, they almost accidentally won a game. And, and they had to, like, have the most deliberate example of tanking I, I could ever remember. So, um, you know, Tampa might try, but it's, it's going to be hard to get to, to that number one pick, especially I'll being never, in a bad division. I know, like, forget, win again. we had Sean, it was one of the final shows that season on the Monday night, and he was like, I've never seen that before. All of a sudden, where's the starter here at defensive tackle? What's happening? What's going on here with this deal? Nick, the running back position, I think that's a spot where, one, you got to get a veteran and you got to draft one. Or it could be a situation where you draft two, but I do think that's a spot that you got to go multiple here. Uh, the, the uncertainty of Kamara it, it certainly clouds the issue. But also, too, Mark Ingram, you know, he was in the winter years of his career last year. And, okay, we, we know about Dwayne Washington, what he can do as a special teams guy. Uh, everybody says, well, what about Eno Benjamin? All I know about Eno Benjamin, he got cut by two teams last year before you picked him up. Man, you got to go and get you two running backs here uh, either via the draft, free agency, or, you know, the mix of it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to miss some time probably to start the season. So it, you, you got to go too deep there. If they want to bring Mark back to kind of be like a veteran presence, that's that's fine. But I don't think he's someone that could be at the top of your depth chart, you know, or seconds play. He needs to be further down and, and kind of, you know, a selective usage type guy. But I, I would approach the offseason – and I, you know, I'm not saying this because I don't think he's going to be back. Like I, I think Alvin will be back and he'll be fine when he when he plays again. But I think you almost have to approach the offseason as if like you don't have any running backs at all. Like it's just it's just kind of the reality of the situation. He could miss six games or he could miss you know more or less. It, it, it's just so uncertain. But I think they they'd be in a better situation if if you had that young guy coming up behind because realistically Alvin's got a you know probably a couple of years left of a good production and then you're going to start seeing that decline. They all decline around the age of 30 at, at that position. So if you could set it up to where you got the young guy coming in and now, you know, flashback to 2017, young guys, Alvin, and now Alvin's yeah. kind of in the, the Mark Ingram role and you have that two-headed monster, that's when they're at their best. And, and you know, I think they've lacked that uh, the last couple of years a little bit. And, you know, frankly, if you can get Alvin in some more advantageous situations for his skill set, I think it would uh, be for the betterment of the team. Nick, a defensive tackle, uh, if you look across the board, that's to me the biggest hole one, what you got? One defensive tackle uh, under contract today. Uh, still uncertainty about Anyamata. Uh, I, I thought early on last year uh, that wasn't the certainly wasn't the strength of the team. Now they played better down the stretch uh, inside, and I know that that drive Ryan Nielsen crazy because we we do this Louisiana line camp every year, and we'd sit down and do the interview, and he always tell me, "Hey, Mike." 
do not ask me about a pass rush first. Ask me about stopping the run. That's all I want to talk about first. Then you can bring up the pass rush. That was something that wasn't there, and that was unusual because this football team had been good stopping the run. Now, this team, you talk about redo it at defensive tackle. You, you don't know about Anyamato or Contavia Street or some of the other guys. That is a big hole right now on this football team at DT. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they've made enough investment in, in the last couple of years. It's time to get someone in there. And I think they could use a, a pass rusher at that spot, too. But like you said, it, it needs they need like that that nose tackle run stopper. And I think that was the biggest issue with the, the D-line last year. But, you know, you look at the whole team, and if, if it's like a Jenga tower and you're pulling blocks, like the defensive line to me right now is is the spot where this thing could kind of crumble a little bit. So, they got to find a way to, to add to the pass rush, too. And I know they feel good about, you know, Carl Granderson and, and they think Peyton Turner can still produce. Like, I need to see more from both those guys to kind of place my bet on it. Like, right now, I look at it, and Kim Jordan on the edge is really the only guy that I can count on, I, I think, to win a, a one-on-one. And, you know, he's getting older. At some point, that's going to catch up to him, and, and who knows when that's going to happen. They got to get someone else in here who can rush the passer from there. And then, yeah, you got, you got to stop the run better than it was last year it, it is kind of crazy like you look at it in their top 10 yards allowed top 10 points allowed last season and it just never really felt that way like somehow they managed to put together really good numbers but you, you kind of look back and you're like man they didn't they didn't dominate and like you said it took a little bit of time to get to get going um, no turnovers plays a factor in that but I, I do think overall the defensive line was a little bit weak last year you know da always manufactures pass rush well um and, you know, not having Nielsen, too, like, that's another thing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that, that's kind of being taken for granted up front, and, and there's a lot of questions there. Nick, do you think the Saints use premium draft capital on defensive tackle slash running back? I mean, we've talked about them being both positions of need, or do you think they look more towards free agency for either or of those positions? I think uh, I, I think it's definitely on the table, for sure. Especially, you know, 29, I think you can probably get a, a decent defensive tackle. I, I don't know if the value will be there running back, depending on how things shake out, might but, you know, if, if Bajan's there or, you know, at 40, uh, the running back from Alabama, I, I don't know, you know, where people are kind of putting him right now, but I like him a lot. But I think there's there's good depth at running back in this draft. So, like, if you want to sit back and play it a little more patiently and go third round uh, on something like that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't take anything for granted. I think they do kind of need to uh, attack it a little bit. Um, you know, the one thing I hope they do, I hope they pick up both those spots. You know, you got Jeff Ireland, he, he's – great scout they've done a great job drafting with them around like let them have those two picks swing the bat twice you got a lot of holes but you know it is in their dna to kind of always trade up and um you know they did last year i kind of thought it was going to maybe stop a little bit when sean payton got out of the building i think he was the catalyst behind some of that aggression. <laughs> yeah he was the big but, uh, catalyst <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was but mickey mickey's not the most patient man in the world either uh come draft time they'll sweat people out on these contracts but uh draft time you know they, they like to go get their guys but I hope they do make two picks there because it does feel like they got a lot of holes. And, you know, that's just a, that's a good way to get out of, you know, cap jail too. If you draft well, you get some young talent in there. Uh, you don't have to spend as much. That was actually my, my question for you, Nick, is would the Saints be, and they haven't done this in a very long time, would they be candidates to potentially trade back out of the first round for a team that really wants that fifth-year option player with the first-round pick? Hey, Charlie, that's that's a good question, and man, I would want as many draft choices early as I could. Yeah, I'll maybe be pick honest up with a, you. An extra second-round pick, maybe even depending on where that second-round pick is, maybe an extra third at the same time. Do you? I, and as I said, they haven't done it in quite some time, Nick. But could they be candidates to potentially trade back from pick twenty-nine? 
So it's smokescreen season, right? So you, you you never know if people are telling you the truth or not. But we saw yeah. Mickey last week at the, at the combine, asked him this question, and he said, "You know, the thing with trading back is you end up getting the worst player." So I don't know okay. that, that they're they're ever going to trade back and do it. Um, you know, but if the value's there, and like say say, hey, you're at forty, and there's three running backs there that you like, and you're cool with getting any of them, and you can move back to to fifty, and you do your homework okay, all three of these guys, not all of them are going to go. We're okay with any one of the three if two of them get taken. You know, I think there is always some value in there to maybe pick up some loose change and, and get another pick somewhere. So, you know, I, I'm for it in the right situation, but um, I just don't I don't think it's in their DNA. I, I just – I don't see it. Until I see it, I, I'm not going to believe it. I can't project it. And, you know, the man the man doesn't like to uh, – he doesn't like to trade back. He likes to, he likes to go up, but, yeah, definitely not like uh, – doesn't like to go Nick, back. Nick, I'm 100% with you. Until I see it, I don't believe it. You know, because every year we talk about it, and every year it doesn't happen. The situation with Michael Thomas, uh, because there, there's a, a, a date there uh, one way or another, and people always talk about making a trade. You, you, nobody's going to take that contract off your hands. So you got to make a choice here. Either you decide to try to redo that deal and try to bring him back, or you cut him. It's it's one of the two. The the trade scenario we get it. Man, listen, some of the trades we get on this text line, man, I'd love to do that myself, but that ain't <laughs> happening. Nobody's taking. Nobody's. Uh, listen, we ain't the Red Cross, and then we ain't gonna help you out here. No, you're gonna have to make that choice one way or another. Sort of break it down here because once we. We saw the deadline and all and how the money was moved around. It almost like closed the book, but not quite. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. When they did it, I, I thought that was the end of it. Because if he was going to take less money and redo the contract, why give him the, the million dollars? Just get him to agree to a pay cut at the time. But maybe, maybe you know, it wasn't there yet. And it did buy him some time. They got until, what is it, the third day of the league year. So that would be the 17th or 18th of, of next week to get this done or else they have to pay him a $30 million bonus. So that's, that's why nobody's going to trade for him. And then just in that outlandish scenario where he gets that $30 million, there is a second bonus in the contract where if he plays in X amount of games, he gets another $30 million bonus. So <laughs> they're not paying him $60 million. Nobody's trading to pay him $60 million. It's not going to happen. So where they're kind of at with it is they're going to try to renegotiate it, see if there's a number that works, see if Mike's okay with the numbers, see if they're comfortable with it. You know, I think it would probably be something like a, a lower base salary and then incentives that make him whole if he plays, you know, X amount of games and produces. So maybe they find a way to figure it out. He seemed excited on, on social media about the Derek Carr thing. Um, so I don't think I don't think the door's closed. I know it's not closed on the team side, and it seems like from the, the stuff we're seeing from Mike, it's not closed on his side. But look, here's the thing. If they, if they bring him back and he sticks around, I'm I'm the biggest believer in his talent and competitiveness. Like oh, yeah. I think he'll probably find a way to be good again. But I do think you have to be practical about it, and you have to get someone behind him. You know, you need to get another receiver just in case Mike doesn't play, he gets hurt again. I I think you just have to be realistic about what's happened, and that's leaving too much to chance. You know, they they need that guy that can make a contested catch, and Mike is probably the best option, healthy. But if he's not healthy, they they still need another player. There. The second most talked about guy, Andrew Speak, because of the contract and also, too, man, a lot of it is availability. Uh, he's missed so much time as a player, and uh, he's a really good run blocker, man. I give him that. Uh, he, he has struggled some in the pass protection part. Do, do you see that Andrew Speak could return to this team in 2023? The one thing that I think – well, there's two things that I think maybe give him a good chance. I, I kind of had him, you know, when I'm looking at the stuff, 
last year. Like, I, I kind of thought maybe this would be the offseason where they move on from him and, you know, you put Trevor Penning on the outside, maybe kick James Hurst inside and, and you go forward like that. But, you know, Penning's injuries kind of make it a little bit sketchy, you know, as far as counting on him. Um, I think you need Hurst available, you know, just in case you got to play him on that side. They got a couple other tackles. The other thing here, too, is that they still need to clear up a little bit of cap space. And there are four obvious moves to me, five obvious moves to me on the books. Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Alvin, and then you cut Jameis Winston and you get a couple million bucks uh, for, for cutting him. The thing with Alvin, I thought that was going to be the contract they would go to, but he's going to get that suspension. If he's suspended, while well, he's suspended, his money doesn't count on the books. So, like, if you rework that deal for relief, yeah, it can help you get through the offseason, but you get to the season and, and you're not getting that savings that, that you would otherwise. It might be better to leave that one alone. I, you know, they might get backed into a corner, though, where they have to do it. But if they want to leave it alone, I think it makes it more likely that they go to Pete's contract, which is at $18 million, his cap number, and maybe they touch that one to, to get some relief now um, so that they aren't setting themselves on, on that Alvin deal. So there's a couple things that, that I think could make it difficult to move on from him. And the other part of that, too, again, like, Carr needs help on the inside, that interior pressure. And I know, like, everyone gets mad at Pete and they've seen him lose and the way he loses looks so bad because yeah. he loses big. He just never, he doesn't just ever lose a block. Like he loses big and you notice it, but I do think staying strong on the interior is important. Um, you know, if I'm the GM, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to move on. I just, I don't know if the circumstances make it difficult to do it. Nick, earlier in the show, we had talked to Brad Spielberger, pro football focus, and he said that once the saints cut Michael Thomas, he's going to get a one-year deal somewhere whether that be in New Orleans, whether that be somewhere else, what's a realistic number that the Saints could give Thomas over a one-year deal to bring him back? Yeah, I've heard about maybe $6 million-ish is kind of like where it starts, and then maybe it goes up a little bit from there. I, you know, I'd say somewhere between 10 feels like a lot. 10 feels like a lot, but maybe you get one of these teams that have a ton of cap space and kind of nothing to lose, and they want to get them in and get a look at them, and then if, you, if it works, you, you sign them to a longer-term deal. So maybe a team with a ton of space and maybe not a ton to play for, but I don't know why Mike would want to go to one of those situations. Um, right. You know, one one thing with him is that, you know, I, I think he likes familiar things. And, and, you know, I think he's comfortable here. I know he's got his issues with the training staff. And, you know, there, there's the quarterback situation wasn't great before. I think Derek Carr would be great for him, though. Um, I, I think there's a decent chance he sticks around. But we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh you know, again, the stuff on social media, like him being happy about it, seemed like a, a tell in some sense. But yeah, I, I don't think it'd be a ton of money. I think it'd be six to ten million base salary, and then you know some incentives that possibly get him to like fifteen, sixteen million dollars if he plays X amount of games, makes X amount of catches, has X amount of yards, and both sides are kind of protected uh, both ways. Uh, Nick, uh, I was talking to Pete Jenkins today. He's out in Oregon working out the defensive linemen and coaching staff with uh, the Oregon Ducks. And he said, Mike, this just popped in my mind. He says, uh, uh, you know, damn, the Saints are caught, you know. Uh, I'm not going to use the term he used, but he said, man, you got Peyton out there in Denver. And he's already gotten a couple of assistant coaches. And, you know, he's going to look out for some of those former Saints players. And they say, got my boy Ryan out there in Atlanta and, you know, in Fontenot, and he's familiar with the team. This team sort of caught a little bit. <laughs> now, now you, he said, you know, normally there's one connection pretty good to a team. He said, now you got two. 
with Peyton on yep. one end and you got Fontenot and and Ryan on the other. And that's going to be interesting this offseason with the amount of money Atlanta has. You know that they're going to throw that line in the water where they fished before. Yeah, not just that. Even other guys that, that kind of, you know, that you would think would fit the Saints, they're going to fit those teams too. So they're going to be competing for a lot of the same free agents across the board. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how some of that stuff goes. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to start hearing, you know, the Saints, Broncos, and Falcons are all trying to meet with, you know, this defensive tackle that used to play somewhere else. Because like, they all look at people the same way. They scout the same way. And there's going to be some of those similarities. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting. I'm sure people will be hysterical quite a bit when, you know, Sean signing got to the Saints too. But, I mean, you know, that's just going to kind of be the reality for, uh, you know, for the for the for quite a while. I, I mean, he ain't going anywhere. Forever. They're going to keep seeing guys the same way. Forever. Yeah. That, 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 for some, that'll never be forgiven that he left this team. That That's just reality. <laughs> Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Always do a great job, buddy, and appreciate it. And tell everybody where they can get your information. Yeah, we're on New Orleans Stop Football. Check us out online. Um, do our deep dives, breakdowns, all this stuff. Thanks for having me, guys. I love the show. Uh, keep killing it. Uh, thanks, Nick, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Listen, uh, uh, Deuce told me this the last time you won. Man, it's a good time. Bobby don't have to debate himself with Nick. You, you got him by himself. That's so. in the business, Nick Underhill. Yeah, Nick does a great job covering the Saints. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.